Also, Southern Gentleman. I am Ricky. Sean. Sean, I have a pressing question for you. I know, dude. Do you need what? what? Comics press? I do absolutely. Because I think I think I've got this thing figured out. I recently tried pressing some comics. Uh, me and my wife have a on the side T-shirt business, so we have a press. And I started reading on some pressing comic pressing. Uh, videos and stuff like that. So I tried it out on a couple of bad issues I had and, you know, a couple of throwaway, not worth anything books. I couldn't believe the difference. <laughs> yeah. And, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I, I've started looking into uh, fixing uh, uh, Spine Roll and pressing some comics. And I'm kind of wondering if anybody else has a need for this. Now, I, I have seen. Uh, on Reddit and stuff, I've seen some controversy about pressing comics, and I want to know how people feel about that, and I want to see what kind of response we have. So, uh, let us know your opinion on comic pressing, and I may be happy to do it for some people. Yeah, dude, I am so excited that you're taking on this adventure. I have a couple. I got one with a spine roll. I'd definitely like you to take a look at. If you need one, you can test out on. Uh, this is awesome. I I enjoy comic pressing. I, I think it makes the book look much better. It can make a cover really snap back to the way it used to, just because those you know tiny wrinkles and stuff add up over time. And it looks awesome. I do understand that you know people are like, well. It takes away from the book that, you know, has been in that good a condition. This book was taken care of and looks amazing, and it should be respected the way it is, where this one over here, it didn't look so great, and then now you're trying to make it compete with my awesome book. See, that's the kind of thing I don't understand. I'll need somebody smarter than me to, than, to explain this. I did read a couple of thing, comments where people were saying, well, you're taking a not a good condition book and you're fooling somebody by making it a better condition but that doesn't i don't know how that holds water because you're making it a better condition <laughs> yeah I mean, you, you are physically increasing the value of the like you're increasing its condition you're bettering its condition by what you're doing but now on the same same hand as somebody who is touched into the coin collecting area I do know that it is a major no-no to clean coins. Uh, people right. want the coin as is, not clean, not shine, not anything. They want yeah. it in that condition and that is a no-no. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, people smarter than me will have to give me some guidance. So, I bet, I will I bet we get some feedback. This. And even today, I pressed some more comics of mine and for me personally, looked a lot better. I had an X-Men 197, I believe, Dr. Doom on the cover that looked like it, it had a lot, it had some wrinkles on it and uh, I pressed it and it looks it looks a whole lot better. And, you know, this is my personal stuff, so I don't have a problem with it. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm excited and I'm excited for the feedback that we may get. Oh, It's been a while. We broke the streak. Now we're back at it. Uh, over the weekend we lost... Harry Dean Stanton. Now, if you don't know that name, you should, because this is a great character actor. He was in mm -hmm. Avengers. He was the uh, security guard that talked to the Hulk for a little while. I I've loved this guy for a long time, and the first yeah. time I saw him was in Down Periscope, and I loved his character. 
even though that's that's out of out of character for what he normally plays. I had forgotten that he was in Alien. I went back and revisited that movie. Absolutely yeah. right in that movie. Yeah. But his best role I've ever seen, two of them, uh, number one was the dad in Pretty in Pink, uh, which he, <laughs> he is a powerful performance. I mean, really, it is. And in Big Love, which he is just amazing in Big Love. Yeah, dude. Uh, I know you've seen plenty more Big Love than I have. Pretty in Pink is one of those roles where... <clears throat> that movie just is so perfect for, you know, what it is and what it's trying to say. And he just fits that role perfectly. Now, when you when I heard this had happened, when I heard he had passed, I instantly thought of Alien. I, I guess, you know, his role being a part of, you know, that ship is just stuck in my head forever. Yeah, I saw plenty of pictures of people who had uh, caps that he was wearing from the Nostromo. Yeah, and Twitter Twitter did a very good um, tribute to Harry Dean Stanton this weekend. And I did want to mention, I mean, this is one of those guys who made it out of the 60s cowboy. I mean, like, he was in, you know, a character actor in every cowboy movie. A lot of those guys weren't able to cross over into major acting. Uh, but he is one that made it through. And I'm sure I'd seen him with my dad on Sundays afternoons watching old cowboy movies. Uh, he was in Escape from New York. He's in one of my favorite Halloween movies I watch every year, Christine. Uh, and surprisingly, I'd forgot he's in Fear and Loathing Las Vegas. Who's he in Fear and Loathing? He's the judge. Oh, castration. Yes. Double castration. Castration. That's right. Yes. That's awesome. Dude, it's sad to lose great ones like that. Now, Dude, uh, last weekend we uh, went to the Comic-Con, and afterwards we had discussed going to see it. Now, after you left, I know you weren't able to make it, but Michelle and I did go see it. Now, let me say, the movie was excellent. Those kid actors, the kid actors they are finding for these movies right now, the ones from Stranger Things, which Mike from Stranger Things, plays Richie in the It movie. I didn't know that going in. I was very surprised to see him and excited. Finn Wolfhard, is that his name? Yes. 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 And let's let's just say that this is the second weekend of It, and it is a juggernaut. It has made 200, it's projected to hit 218.7 million after the weekend. And that's incredible for a horror movie. It deserves every bit of it. It is so awesome at just continually progressing the movie continually stepping up the amount of fear you feel in the theater bill skarsgård he he doesn't try to imitate the previous pennywise uh tim curry he he comes up with something new and i freaking love it he is frightening just flat out frightening Absolutely great movie. Now, just real quick, before we discuss it, let me say, why must I speak on telephone etiquette in the movie theater? <laughs> I literally sat next to a lady who had her cell phone ringer on full blast, and it went off twice during the movie. Each time, she takes the time to look at it and decide whether or not she's going to answer the phone. I ain't lying her husband talked through the whole movie, too. 
I seriously wanted to slap that phone out of her hand and see see what would happen, but I didn't. Oh, why? Why do you need your cell phone in the theater? They should start banning them in the theater. Something. And, and, and I realized it was opening weekend. I realized I was kind of asking for it. There was a ton of kids in there that were acting a fool as well, but we know that this movie is doing very well. I believe anybody that has seen it it's not too spoilery to say we will see a chapter two for it. I know you can't really answer it because you hadn't seen these kids, but do you have any particular adults you would like to see in the chapter two version? Because, you know, the adult version of the TV series is thought to be the portion that's lacking, even though there's a lot of great actors in there, in my opinion. I mean, I like I like the second half of the It miniseries. I, I think I'm a strange one there, but I like it. Who would you want to see in those adult roles in nowadays? Mm. <clears throat> well, see, what what I had seen is Bill could be Tobey Maguire. I, I've, I've seen several people request that Ben, the chubby kid, end up being Chris Pratt. Uh, I wait, think wait, Parks and Rec, Chris Pratt, or like Guardians Peter of the Quill, Galaxy, Chris, Chris Pratt. Yeah, Peter Quill, Chris Pratt. Yeah, I would love to see Jessica Chastain in in a role, or just see Jessica Chastain in general. Take your pick; it's fine. <laughs> Dude, uh, I'm excited for this uh, chapter two of the movie, and I know the director is being rather super, super tight lipped about who could be in these roles, but. If anybody out there has got an opinion on who they want to see in what role and what they thought about it, hit us up. Would love to know. Yeah, I, I really want to see it. I just don't know if I can get out to to the theater with anybody I know. I just I don't want to I don't want to go in there alone. Alone. Oh yeah, you uh, should do it. Well, let's talk about some news. Uh, Jessica Jones season two wrapped, uh, which is you know good news. We've got more Netflix coming our way we've got more uh david Tennant coming our way which i really want to know how they fit him in that yeah that'll be interesting adam strange a dc hero is going to be featured on krypton kind of a human out of the uh, uh buck rogers flash gordon kind of era looking guy I, I, and i've never followed any adam strange but i mean i know who he is and what he looks like and this Krypton series, uh, I mean, two more topics before we get to one of Sean's really big questions of this week. Uh, we got some good news about Star Wars. J.J. is coming back for Episode Nine. Now, we did we lost uh, Looper Guy due yeah. to creative differences. Rain Johnson. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, didn't, said he wasn't coming back. J.J. coming back, I, I am fine with. I'm absolutely fine with. Um, yes. You know, people, I've already heard people decry. Oh, that first movie was nothing but rehash. He's a hack, blah, blah, blah. Well, no, not really. He made a movie of its time that called back in the right way. Uh, I love Episode 7, and uh, I'm ready to love Episode 8. Don't don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not got rose-colored glasses on. Uh, I, I can see the faults if they're there, and uh, there are some faults with Rogue One. With not, not too many. Rogue One was incredible. Rogue One was just Yeah, but Rogue One Rogue One has some rose colored glasses to it. The first oh, part of Rogue I don't One know. isn't amazing, okay? We all know the space battle is absolutely an eleven on ten. 
The Vader scene is more than you could have ever hoped. Nobody knew it was coming. It was amazing. And I think that lifts, that buffers the movie some. I think it lifts it up. It, 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 it bends the curve a little. You know, the first part of the movie, I've tried watching it about a third time. You get kind of bored halfway through. And I'm not going to lie. But uh, you get, you're so anticipating that space battle. You're so anticipating the, uh, bring me a hammerhead Corvette, you know, and that lightsaber coming on in the dark. Oh, you know, it gives me chills thinking about it right now. But they're not perfect movies. No movie's perfect. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. Well, except for Captain America Winter Soldier. I think J.J. directing episode 9 is the perfect move for what's going on. He yeah. Know, he knows the lay of the land. Uh, he's worked with Kathleen Kennedy. He's worked with Disney. It's He'll be, respect it's, what's out fun. there. It'll be absolutely great. Also, yeah. let's talk about some other news. A little lost connection here. Hiroyuki Sonata, uh, Dogen from Lost, is going to be featured in the major role in the second season of Westworld. Now, in Westworld, they teased Samurai World. And I think in the oh. second season, we're going we're gonna to get some of that. That's awesome. See, I still need to get caught up and finished at, uh, season one of Westworld. I am not caught up on that. I as well. What I saw of it, I, I'm up to like episode four or five, and uh, really, really enjoyed it. I ju- it's just hard to watch with two kids around. Mm-hmm. Your time is very limited on a limited time already, so I, I haven't been able to get back to that. But now, getting around to Sean's question. Ooh, now there there has been new rumor that has come about that you know I enjoy all the theories and stuff that have come about from this uh star wars episode seven is we all know we're gonna find out about ray's heritage is she a kenobi is she a skywalker is she a Jin? a Jin? like qui-gon qui-gon yes apparently there is a rumor that there are several similarities from what i've seen between qui-gon Jin and ray and they believe those are subtle hints that Ray is actually the granddaughter of Qui-Gon Jinn. Now, that... Now, do you have any supporting evidence for this? No. It's no. just a theory. You and your did you not, did you not read the? Did you not read the... Did you not read the article? Well, sure, I looked at the article, but I assumed there was some basis you would make such a claim. No. It, it <laughs> looks like a fun article, and I like to talk about it. I mean, dude, they're, they're saying yeah! that they're... Their hairstyle was the same. They have the same stance in a couple of the movies. There's nothing here. The same as there's nothing to prove that she's a Kenobi or a Skywalker. It's just fun to be like, oh, I never thought about her being a Jin. That would be cool. Because Qui-Gon Jin's about the only cool thing about the prequels. Oh. I don't know. I liked Qui-Gon Jin. Well, I don't yeah, know. I mean, I did too. Oh, but dude, something that we actually did get to see evidence of. That looked amazing. That Absolutely amazing. Amazing. Did you see David Harbour in the Hellboy outfit? Well, I'm assuming you're asking the audience since I just said looked amazing, but okay. This guy. All right. Yeah, dude, I thought I thought David Harbour looked uh, freaking incredible as this, as, you know, Hellboy. I didn't know what to expect. But he pulls it off perfect. I mean, that, one of my friends was standing over my shoulder when we were looking at it. He was like, 
that seriously looks like a page out of the graphic novel. I was like, yeah, it looked incredible. Yeah, and I think that was a smart way for them to go. I mean, very obviously, in the first two Hellboy movies, that is you know, Ron Perlman's face. And it just it just fits. I mean, that guy just embodied that character in that movie. And I don't think we really noticed how far off model or not the, his face was. I mean, we just accepted this is a great Hellboy. This is what we wanted to see. That's why there was so much consternation about them changing Hellboy. But uh, this picture, I think, wiped any of that away. I mean, it is it looks like Mike Magnolia's design of Hellboy. And it's perfect. Say what yeah. you will. I, I think it's perfect. You yeah, know, that I agree. That picture is anyway. Yeah, that picture right there is perfect. That that was incredible. I would, I'd like to have that as a print. That would be freaking awesome. But moving on, I wanted to have a discussion about, you know, oh, we've, no. been, we've been called out as, or I have, called out as a Marvel <laughs> fanboy. You know, yes, and, and like I've said before, hey guys, I want DC to succeed. I, I don't have a problem with that, but here is my thing, and I think I've figured this out uh, over time. Marvel has, and has always had since I've been alive, a a frontman, a idea, a, a figurehead, a a leader, a cult leader, if you will, in embodied in Stanley and Stanley always preached Marvel and Stanley was Stanley was the old guy or older guy when I was young that spoke to children as they wanted to hear an adult speak to them he respected children he respected these ideas he respected the art of comics and the ideas and the in the stories and the universe that they were creating. I mean, he had letters in the back of the comics. It was Stan speaking to you. And and through the years, even though Stan has left the company, he never has left. He's still a a champion, a cheerleader of Marvel. And, and right behind him, you have Joe Quesada, who, even though Joe Quesada is not as, as public of a figure, Joe, Joe on the street probably doesn't know who Joe Quesada is. But in the industry, if you've heard that man talk, there's passion, there's there's loving care in the stories and the art and, and the ideas that Stan had in Marvel. And right on top of that, the, the master of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Kevin Feige, who has the same passion, the same fire, who, who who's under the director's uh, you know, butts about what we want, our our vision for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, there's just a Marvel quote-unquote religion to Marvel side of it. I mean, there's so many torchbearers to Marvel. And who do you have with DC? Who has been that... Name me a person at DC that you could say is a figurehead, is a cheerleader... Is 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 a Kevin Feige? Is a Joe Quesada? Is a Stanley of DC? I don't I don't know one. Yeah, mean, Zack yeah. Snyder? No, Zack Snyder's a director who, who's getting yeah. the job. Now he has passion for directing, and he had passion for Watchmen. Don't get me wrong. I, I respect uh, him as a director and, and and the stuff he does. Yeah. But he's not a DC believer. Right. Um, I mean, you can't even say the same about Joss Whedon. 
Right. I mean, Josh... Who's who's dabbled his toes on both sides now. Joss Whedon brings to the table his own religion. I mean, you have Joss Whedon people uh, who he's bringing with him. But DC, you just... I I, I don't know. And it could be that I'm not paying enough attention to know. Uh, But, you know, everybody I know in DC either worked at Marvel before. A lot of these guys... And a lot of those guys... Worked at Marvel before, like uh, the 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 Crisis on Infinite Earths. You know George Perez. Uh, you know he's a Marvel guy as well. Uh, you know Jack Jack Kirby created the New Gods, Marvel guy as well. Um, and these are of course old eighties, seventies and eighties guys. I'm not up on the current guys. I mean I know Greg Capullo is doing a great job over there, and and the writer that's with him, but. I just don't get the same sense coming from DC. Sean, what's your take on it? I mean, you've laid it out pretty <clears throat> pretty well, man. I I don't know if DC has somebody like that. I you know, I I have quite a bit of DC in my collection and I enjoy reading it and it seemed like the older stuff has more people that, you know, you know those names, the older DC guys, um, uh, trying to think what is the one I was thinking of? Gil Kane. Didn't he used to be like a big voice for DC? Well, see, I, I don't know. I mean, I know he fingered Bill Finger, but other than that. Yeah. You got, you always got a good old Neil. Neil Adams. Yeah. Neil Adams yeah. did a great job and is a huge, great artist. I would love to have some Neil Adams Batman. I mean, I only have like prints and, and like folders of but, his stuff. I but don't even have then, original comics. We're, we're discussing artists. You're not Stanley is a special person. Like I think everybody, both sides, should be able to see that there's only one Stanley. Like we're we you don't look for a car, carbon copy of him somewhere. You're you're not gonna find it. Right. Yeah. Uh, but my my meaning is kind of like to use Star Wars as an example. Um, where is uh, their Kylo Ren? <laughs> like Joe Casada would be the the Kylo Ren. <laughs> <laughs> looking up to yeah. Stan Lee. I mean, they're the, the the purified, you know, died in the wool DC fan that that is the voice of DC. I just don't hear that guy. A name does not come to mind. Yeah. I mean, like even I... even though I can't stand to hear Todd McFarlane speak. Todd McFarlane has and had passion for image and what he did, and that's why people love that guy. I mean, he had that same kind of fire that that's close to like Stanley or Joe Casada. I mean, he loved what he did and he was passionate about it. Yeah. That I respect the guy for. But where's my DC guy? Where's my guy convincing me that the DC is the right way? I bet we got some listeners that can help us out there, dude. I bet we do. That's awesome, dude. So, uh, local hall. How do I, I uh, hear it? You sorry sucker. How how am I sounding? Am I am I sounding okay on my new computer? Here we go. Here we go. Dude, hey, hey, listen. I'm I'm very excited. Um I got a new computer. I got of knowing me, it's right up my alley. Something that not many people have. Uh I got a Hackintosh. Nice. And uh for those that don't know, it is Mac OS uh that has been laid over Intel PC. Uh, non-Apple components. So basically, I have 
Mac OS, but everything else would be just like the PC sitting beside you right now. And it is incredible, dude. Um, I was able to get, and my my boss built this. Dude, it is a 3.9 gigahertz uh, i7 on a gigabit uh, Z87X motherboard. I got 16 gig of 1600 hertz DDR3 RAM. It has four and a half terabytes of drive space on it. I have I have a Blu-ray burner. It it has everything. Uh, I'm looking at my gorgeous new 24-inch monitor. I mean, it it's more than I could ever ask for. And the deal I got was better than you could ever imagine. I am so excited. Yeah, video editing. Yes, Should absolutely. I got some Final Cut uh, Pro 10. Nice. So hopefully, uh, I, I do have something that I'm working on. I got something I'm working on. We'll just say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Got something I'm working on. Well, I didn't find anything. I, I kind of tapped out on stuff this week because of uh, Arkansas Comic Con. Uh, I I pulled. I, I pulled big. But yeah. This week I did. I had a request from my wife, so I did pick up The Lion King on Blu-ray, which I I didn't actually own that movie. Uh, nice. My children absolutely loved it. Um, I, I found out my son had actually doesn't remember seeing it. He did see it at one time, but he was too young, I guess. Um, great movie to ha- own on Blu-ray. It's absolutely beautiful. And yeah. a movie that... I'm going to go ahead and say it's my Have You Seen It, but uh, I picked up E.T. on Blu-ray. Now, nice. E.T., We watched. I watched this movie with both my children, and... It's one of those movies, and, and I, I don't know what it is, but, you know, I, I'm a blub, blubbering idiot. Uh, all twice or three times, the, the main sweeping uh, part of the, song, the you know, John Williams score comes yeah. up, and the, they fly in front of the moon, and, ugh, God. That movie is just so... Awesome? Amazingly moving for... Yeah. And, and, and I mean, looking back on it now, it's kind of it's kind of amazing what they did with with uh, uh, animatronics and a guy in a suit and paired with an old lady's voice. I mean, yeah. you really I'm I'm looking for the cracks, and you could see a few, especially on Blu-ray. I mean, you could see a little of a, you know, it looks more like a painted skin than it does whenever it's you know not in this great resolution. But that the animatronics. And everything yeah. just works so well. I mean, that character is there on the screen. And, gosh, it just makes me eight years old again watching that movie. I mean, it's just awesome. so impactful. I just got one question for you. Do, do you have guns or walkie-talkies? Guns. Absolutely no walkie-talkies in this version. They, I love they, that version. That Good out. version. Uh, the original, yes. Yes, um, but they did include deleted scenes uh, on the uh, on the special features, and the deleted mm-hmm. scenes are from the updated version. Now they are actual deleted scenes from the original movie, but it's where they put the new, um, let's say, episode one ET in there. Right. And um, if the whole movie was redone that way, it it may work, but it looked very. <laughs> 
it looked very jar jar to me watching those deleted scenes. That's but don't horrible. get me wrong, the, the scenes themselves were were good, uh, and would have been funny in the movie. Um, and, and I didn't even realize there were deleted scenes because I've never I've never owned ET other than the VHS version from the eighties that I have. Right. Um, <coughs> but I did watch a special feature with uh, uh, Steven Spielberg talking about making the movie. Uh, the idea of the movie uh, that he had originally uh, uh, sold the movie to another studio. Par- I believe it was Paramount, but Paramount went with another movie from space called Starman and gave gave him his uh, a script and rights back and to where he shopped it over to the other studio. That is cool. Um. So, Lost in Time, Ricky, I bring up a topic, an item that we don't use much anymore, and I think if you were to hand it to the average Joe Schmo walking down the street nowadays, they would have no idea what to do with it. Oh, now, everybody still has geography class. Come on, now. I don't believe they'd know what to do with it, dude. (laughs) And I'm talking about an atlas. The guy that holds up the planet? Yes, yes, him. No, the the maps of all 50 states, the one that everybody should have in the trunk of their car and not depend so much on Siri or Bixby or Google Navigator or anything to get you on your way. You should know how to get there using an atlas. And uh, you, you remember back in the day, going someplace used to be a chore, like... I, I know you and I, I, I remember a trip once where we were just going to Memphis and we were trying to find that old anime store Animax. that was there. Yeah, Animax. And it's still and there. Some, and somehow we got off on the wrong road and we literally drove around for like 15, 20 minutes having no idea where we were trying to get our bearings straight. And that's the time, you know, nobody really does that nowadays. They just listen to Siri or whoever and they go on their way. And trust me, I've seen the news articles of people that have literally driven their vehicles into lakes because Siri told them to. Uh, I just think the Atlas is thing of the past. And I have a story for this and <clears throat> it's one of the funniest stories I, w- I won't use any names because it's just not something i want to do right now um when i was in the air force my we we were all given a bunch of tasks and one of my friends and i stayed back in our office while everybody else went out to go cleaning in our big work bay and we're sitting in the office and one of our friends comes in and he's like guys you're not going to believe what I found cleaning the bay. What'd you find, dude? There is a book here, and it has a map of all 50 states. <laughs> We're like, yeah, it's called an atlas. He goes, y- you've heard of it? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, Everybody it used to be, there's one at Walmart. Every Walmart still has one. Oh, yeah. And we're like, dude, uh, wherever he was from, I was like, do, do you not leave there? And he's like, no, not for a long time. I'm like, well, when's the first time you left? He's like, MapQuest. 
So until MapQuest came out, he had never left his local area because he didn't know about an atlas. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, we have... That is hilarious. Since the time I can remember till about... Oh, well, heck. Till about 25. I mean, my parents had an atlas we had used since, like, 1981. Oh, yeah. And do you remember we used to do markings on the side? Like, oh, this exit's closed. It's now about right here. And there would be like, my dad used to mark on one or he would write down about a good gas station and all sorts of stuff. Like, our atlases looked like notepads. Hmm. And we all were required, like, seriously, I started being navigator on our road trips at probably like seven or eight years old. Nice. Yeah. Rick? We discuss a movie, we, we make comments about a certain movie quite a bit on here, and uh, it's a have you seen it that we haven't discussed. How about Road Trip? <laughs> and I'm talking about the one with Tom Green. I'm talking about the one with a very... The uh, one movie with Tom Green that I like him in, yes. Yeah, you got a young... Uh, John Unleash Scott, the Fury! Oh my goodness. And I was thinking about it. Road Trip is the last one of the movies where they weren't afraid to say some really off the wall stuff. It's one of the last ones where they got away with saying a bunch of stuff that you would not say in a modern movie today. Oh my goodness. Yes, check out oh Road gosh. Trip, man. That one, that's one of those movies that's so quotable. I mean, just well, like I mean, what, one of my favorites is they pull up in the bus and he's like, I don't even want to know. He's like, stole, stole it from it a blind, from a blind chick. And he's like, I, I said I didn't want to know. Oh, honey, you're boner. Oh, my goodness. He's like, what do you want me to do? Cut it off? Wait, wait. <laughs> Barry's last name is Manilo? See, you just said, oh, maybe I need to see it again. And yet you're able to rip off these quotes. Look at you. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Austin, and, Massachusetts? You mean Boston? Yeah. Boston in Massachusetts, yeah. <laughs> and, dude, that brings us to Don't See It. You're on the wrestling team? You're killing me. <laughs> Did you ever see the 2005 remake of The Fog? Oh, the one with Superman. No, I didn't. Yes. I. This movie is so bad and yet, it's memorable to me because uh, when I was in Qatar, we we didn't we had a, a command order. We didn't work between eleven a.m. and two p.m. because the temperatures were like up over one hundred and thirty. So that, they would, that would do it. yeah yeah they would corral everybody into this awesome jet dark blackened air-conditioned theater and we would they would play movies for us and one of the ones i seen was the fog and it was just memorable to me because i was like sweet i like tom welling i know who this guy is none of my friends knew you know who is this guy what's going on and i was like sweet superman is gonna be in the fog i love john carpenter's the fog and basically what i got was a two-hour version of Smallville, God, nice. except except Tom Welling didn't have any superpowers, and 
it was quite horrible. It it was not anything like John Carpenter wanted his movie to be. It's terrible, terrible movie. Don't see the fog. I did want to discuss something right right up here at the end. I mean, it's a throwaway piece, whatever. I don't care. Let's talk about the fight choreography in the Captain America movies. In uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, in Captain America Civil War, I, I was watching... I, I was trying to find a, a commentary on uh, how... Uh, how accurate the fighting and in, in the gunplay is in, in some movies. Mm-hmm. And I went down the YouTube rabbit hole of just watching all the fight scenes. And you I, end up watching, like, the elevator scene on loop, didn't oh you? Oh, my God. No, the, the knife fight scene in, in uh, uh, Winter Soldier. I oh, mean, yeah. It is just amazing. I get so pumped watching this stuff. And I don't mean, you know, I don't mean like, oh, it's an amazing movie, blah, blah, blah. I mean like the fight scenes are so intense and I'm and, and well choreographed and just amazing. I mean, even yeah. in, in, in Civil War, the, the fight with uh, uh, Tony and the Black Panther and Black, and Black Widow and Sharon Carter and, and the Winter Soldier is just amazing. <laughs> and and yeah. Captain America holding the, uh, uh, the helicopter... I mean, this stuff is uh, absolutely great. I mean, uh, bottle this, sell it. I'll buy more of it. This is absolutely great. I want to see more movies like this. I want to see this kind of stuff being done in in all movies. Uh, It's just, anytime there's a fight, it needs to be this intense, this... this Well, do you think think it gets left to the wayside because... That type of choreography is that expensive? Is it that much time consuming? Or or do other movies just don't think it's as important as they should and they don't take it as seriously as they should? Well, I mean, it's and see this is this is a razor's edge of something to try to do because I mean how do you boil down the essence of what gets people excited in in a well a well choreographed fight. I mean it's well, I mean, it just doesn't happen that often. I mean in Japanese I mean even in Japanese cinema you're always chasing the dragon. I mean no pun intended, yeah. but I mean you're always trying to find that that amazing fight scene, you know, and you can name them. I mean specifically the Jet Li Fist of Legend. Absolutely. Jackie Chan in uh Who Am I? The in fight scene. You could say Oh yeah. Bruce Lee in Enter the Dragon, you know, in the in the in, in, when he's rescuing people. In fact, Jackie yeah. Chan is in that scene. Um yeah. you know, the, those type uh, of things you, you you just know by heart and that is the essence of those kind of action movies. That's what you want out of that movie. Plus on top of that, the story in in the two specific Captain America movies is just so on point um, that it's really, really exciting, really, really engrossing. But you can't speak enough about the the action movie aspect of of what those movies do. And uh, what is there any specific movie you absolutely watch just for the fight scene? Yeah, Fist of Legend. I have watched Fist of Legend so many times, it isn't even funny. Uh, I I want to say you're the one that showed me that movie. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I know I was praising it a lot at one time. Uh, you know, when, the, Jet, when Jet Li was having his renaissance, he has some really good movies. Hero is is another really good one that I like. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and that's, of course, uh, a Japanese movie. Uh, have you seen The Raid? Have you watched The Raid or The Raid 2? Unfortunately, no. I, I know I've Dude. been told to watch yes. The Raid. I yes. know that uh, I've, I've been told and heard plenty that Dread is a remake of The Raid, and I love yeah. it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, and I've seen plenty of clips. It, it, it's great. But no, I have not watched it all. You, It is just incredible. But, I mean... Yeah, fight choreography is incredible. More modern, I, I think Michael Jai White has some incredible fight scenes. And for you know an American, that's really awesome because don't have that great representation that uh, you know you would like to see in if your niche is fight movies. And uh, I think he does a great job. You know, and that brought up another so. Um... This this will probably be the last topic, but I did want to discuss this. Uh, did you realize, and, and I didn't even think about it, but it's easy to get lost in, in the action that's going on. Um, so whenever Pierce is talking to the Winter Soldier, he says there's two targets, I want them dead, ten hours. The Winter Soldier goes straight after those people. Yeah. But who do you think the people he's talking about are? In the Winter Soldier, uh, when Pierce tells him uh, two targets, level six, Want them both eliminated in 10 hours. Who do you think he's talking about? Well, the, the implication or the, you know, what what you naturally think is it's Captain America and um, Black, Black Widow. Widow. Okay. It's not. The two targets are Sitwell, who says that Pierce is going to kill him, and the Black Widow. He never, he never pays attention to Captain America until he confronts him directly. Hmm. Yeah. And it, You're right. I, I was like, what? I never thought about the movie that way. It kind of, I kind of did a mind bender, but uh, yeah, there's some really interesting. If you look up some of the the character, you know, the comments about the character work in those movies. I know I'm I'm gushing about Marvel movies. I know. Yeah. The character work and the the just the direction. The Russo brothers are 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 my new bread and butter. I, I'm sorry. Oh yeah. I think they're amazing. Uh, and I yeah. can't wait for uh, Infinity War to come out. But Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's going to be know, awesome. And, and I saw some comments, uh, like a professional soldier, uh, which you might be able to comment on this because you've had training, uh, but they talked about like the differences in Bucky uh, from the first movie, Captain America, uh, Avenger, the first Avenger, uh, on how he acted as a soldier uh, and in... Winter Soldier, how he how differently he moved, how differently he he uh, he was on target like a sniper, and mm-hmm. man, they just broke it down so well about huh. how how the direction. I mean, you could notice what's going on, and oh, just love it. I have to check it out. I, I need to read up on that commentary or watch it. Yeah, but I couldn't find it. Awesome. This was all on on uh, Reddit and, and some other uh, uh, comment places. I couldn't find anything I wanted to on YouTube. Uh, it was all just movie reviews and people conspiracy theories about blah blah blah. I'm like, oh, and you know, your your normal YouTube fair. I couldn't find That's what awesome. it was I was really trying to look for. So maybe somebody else knows what I'm talking about and and can point us in the right direction. That's awesome. 
All right, dude. Uh, I think that wraps us up for this week. No, it uh, doesn't. We forgot to say anything no? about our new. Uh, we got a new logo, and it was designed by Sean. Oh no, it wasn't. It was signed by you. Well, I it was did signed the, by us. I did the final thing. Uh, the uh, uh, it was designed by us. Then. But you did the design. Whatever. We we got a new design. Let us know what you think. It uh, it's pretty simple. That we just went for simplicity. And uh, if you like it, let us know, because we like changing stuff for the better. If somebody says, hey, uh, this sucks, then maybe we'll swap it back. I don't know. Just let us know what you think about it. Round two. Pack it up, pack it in. Let me begin. No, I'm not even going to let you start at all. the win, battle me. That's a sin. You can find me on... Destroy you. And destroy him on social media you can find me on twitter at maynard 98 you can find both of us on twitter at not so southern g's find me at ricky westbrook on twitter you can search not so southern gentlemen on facebook and like always we appreciate each and every one of you for listening uh we thank you very much Till next week for not so southern gentlemen i'm sean i'm ricky y'all have a good one <laughs>